Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, April 2nd. I'm Wayne Pratt. For 20th Ward Alderwoman Kara Spencer, Tuesday's St. Louis mayor's election marks the end of a 14-month campaign to lead a city she loves. We aren't going to solve our problems uh, by just wanting to. Uh, We need a mayor who's going to do the real hard work of leading. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman will have a profile of Spencer in just a few minutes. A roughly $35 billion state budget is headed to the Missouri Senate after being approved yesterday by members of the House. The package includes a raise for state workers and fully funds education. Republicans opted not to fund Medicaid expansion, even though it's been approved by voters. St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports. Republicans gave a variety of reasons. Voters were lied to. Voters didn't understand what they were voting for. And that the constitutional amendment itself wasn't constitutional because it didn't include a funding source, so they didn't have to pay for expansion. St. Louis Representative Peter Meredith, the ranking minority member of the Budget Committee, called the spending plan broken. So now here we are with a budget that's short $300 million from what even the governor said we could spend, and that we're sending over to the Senate to fix for us to do our jobs that we failed to do over here. And I sure hope they're going to do that, but we should be ashamed of ourselves today. Governor Mike Parson included expansion funding in his budget proposal and says the legislature needs to pay for it because it's the will of the voters. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. Jacqueline is also reporting that the Senate could put expansion funding back in the budget. Missouri Governor Mike Parson will not require what are known as vaccine passports in Missouri, But he's okay if they are adopted by private companies. The passports are documentation that travelers have been vaccinated or recently tested negative for the coronavirus. Some Republican lawmakers are concerned that the documents would infringe on people's efforts to travel freely. While 26 percent of Missourians have received at least their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, health professionals are preparing for when supply outpaces demand. Ed Clayton is the CEO at Phelps Health in Rolla. He estimates his hospital is four to six weeks away from shifting its focus to convincing people to get the shots. We think that's going to happen based off of just the percentages that we're seeing. Probably around the 1st of May, between the 1st and 15th of May, we'll see that where we're having a hard time utilizing those thousand doses that we're getting a week. Clayton says it might take urban centers, including St. Louis, a couple of weeks longer to get to that point. Phelps Health has an education and outreach component to its vaccination efforts, which will ramp up in the coming weeks. A group of Missouri researchers wants people across the state to send them live ticks in the mail. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, it's part of a new push to track the spread of ticks and diseases they carry. 
There are four tick species that bite humans in Missouri, but scientists aren't sure exactly where they are in the state. The Missouri Department of Conservation and A.T. Still University in Kirksville are asking residents to mail them live ticks so they can map where species live and test them for bacterial pathogens. A.T. Still researcher Deborah Hudman says many Missouri counties have no data on which tick species are present. I can focus on one county up here and do a somewhat good job, but if I have the citizens of Missouri sending me samples, this can get accomplished. But this is the only way it can get accomplished. Residents should place each tick in a plastic bag with a damp piece of paper towel and a submission form showing when and where it was collected. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. The election for mayor of St. Louis is next week, with 20th Ward Alderwoman Kara Spencer facing off against Treasurer Tashara Jones. It is the first time two women are competing head-to-head for that office. For Spencer, Tuesday's vote marks the end of a 14-month campaign to be the city's chief executive. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman has this profile. As Spencer tells the story, she got involved with politics because of the pool at Marquette Park. It was, I guess, 2014-15. I was living a normal life, if you will, a single mom with a normal job. Um, And it was that year that the only free public pool here uh, on the south side of our city closed, um, you know, by the city. And there was no plan to reopen it. Spencer beat a longtime politician in her first race. Less than a year after handily winning re-election, she set her sights on higher office. I love St. Louis. I believe in us. But we aren't going to solve our problems uh, by just wanting to. Uh, We need a mayor who's going to do the real hard work of leading, uh, working with dogged determination and optimism. For Spencer, crime is the city's biggest problem. She's pledging to bring focused deterrence to St. Louis, a program that targets social services to those at the highest risk of being involved in criminal activity. She also wants to make sure that dispatchers answer 911 calls, something that doesn't always happen. But nothing can be done without money, and Spencer says that will be a key focus of her first 100 days in office. Right off the bat, we're going to have to get the budget under control and making sure we understand fully where the budget uh, hole carved out from COVID uh, is. A $500 million infusion from the latest federal coronavirus relief package will be a big help. Money from the American Rescue Plan can be used to help replace lost revenue. Spencer will also set aside funds for rental assistance, grants to small businesses, and to boost vaccinations. This is an enormous once-in-a-century opportunity for investing in our community, our city, our region's future. And so long-term planning, making sure that we have an investment strategy that can really position, for the first time in decades, the city for growth. Spencer is pledging community involvement in how the money is spent and transparency about the decisions that are made. She says both are central to her definition of progressive, a word that has come up a lot in the race. Somebody who looks to new uh, ideas, uh, who thinks outside of the traditional way in which St. Louis does business, uh, good government, transparency, and issues uh, that um, really uh, center around racial equity, social mobility. It was Spencer's willingness to buck tradition that appealed to Dan Delfa, who lives in the 20th Ward. Whether it was taking on the payday lenders or uh, even the blues ownership, Uh, over scoreboards. I think she's um, pretty consistently been uh, fighting for uh, the working people of St. Louis' interests. 
Hi, Jeffrey. My name is Dan. I am here uh, for the Kara Spencer campaign. Yeah. Uh, and On the first day of spring, he was out knocking doors in the Tower Grove South neighborhood, which is part of the 15th Ward. The ward has become one of the city's progressive hotspots. Both women did well here in March when voters could choose more than one candidate. That option isn't available in April. And right before Delpha and other volunteers fanned out across the neighborhood, its alderwoman, Megan Green, announced she would be supporting Treasurer Tashara Jones. Jones has built an impressive list of endorsements, including a majority of the Board of Aldermen, County Executive Sam Page, and major national progressive groups. Spencer doesn't put much stock in who is backing whom. That's one of the real hallmarks of my service, uh, always willing to work with anybody, you know, whether I agree with them or disagree, and that, and that pertains to um, uh, an individual alderman, uh, the state of Missouri, the legislature. Whoever is elected will have to get to work quickly. Under the city's charter, the mayor is sworn in just two weeks after the general election. Spencer says she's already talking to current department heads and thinking about who she would like in her cabinet. Regardless of who wins, the city's next chief executive officer will be a single mother of a school-aged son. Spencer says she gets goosebumps thinking about the shift that represents. Recognizing that in order to get um, public input, we're going to have to be flexible. It looks a lot different to be a single mom um, than it does to be a have a traditional household, and that is a good chunk of our city. Polls open Tuesday at 6 a.m. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. A profile of Spencer's opponent, Tashara Jones, is on our website, stlpublicradio.org. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.